Hi, welcome to Straight to Laserdisc. This is Andy. I am joined by my good friend Joe Papalardo, and we're here to talk about Matthew McConaughey. You know, who else? All right, all right, all right. Now, Joe um, is on Twitter, if you follow him, <laughs> or if, uh, we'll have to give it, uh, give him a shout out in, uh, on Twitter, just so you can follow Thank him. You. His, uh, his whole brand seems to be about Matthew McConaughey centered around that's him. Right. So that's why we're talking about him today. That's why he's the, he's the expert on, <laughs> on, on this guy. So I guess first and foremost, Joe, um, I mean, I guess if you want to introduce yourself a little bit for the viewers or listeners, I should say, not viewers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I have a fascination with a certain Hollywood man. Um, and I started tweeting lots of pictures of him just as reactions to people, uh, specifically the true detective series that he was in. So I'm kind of obsessed with Matthew McConaughey. I have a folder on my phone full of photos of him that is titled, this is becoming a problem. And, <laughs> It's, it is becoming a problem. Like people are sending me, people send me photos of Matthew McConaughey to add to my collection. I, I, I am one of those too, sometimes. <laughs> I hope women don't misinterpret my love for the man. It is platonic, but I do think he's a platonic ideal. Um, my main obsession with him, I would say, is comes from True Detective, in which he starts off as a stereotypical handsome actor, uh, but he's kind of edgy. So he's like what people idealize him as. He's got the crew cut hair and uh, cheekbones are strong. <laughs> and uh, he quickly become, quickly is revealed to have now become a mustachioed, long-haired, uh, greaseball bum alcoholic. And I just love that. That he goes, in the show, he goes in this arc from being the handsome stereotype to being this absolutely disgusting looking person uh, who actually has a heart of gold at the end of it all. And so that's just kind of a sweet little arc. And I love that he pursues roles that uh, continue to like defy his handsome image. Um, I'm trying to think of other people that have done that. Christian Bale, I guess, is also in that camp. Um, but he's more polished, and Matthew McConaughey seems more down to earth. Maybe it's because he smokes a lot of weed or something. <laughs> or he um, plays the bongos naked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or he's playing the bongos naked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you bring up a good point about um, you know, True Detective is pretty much what I think is the peak of the reconnaissance, so to speak. But um, although you know he did win an Oscar during that time, so I guess that would be his his peak, quote unquote, for Dallas Buyers Club. But we'll get more into that uh, a little bit. But um, but yeah, he is a guy, at least from my perspective. He's a guy that's had different phases of his career. There's the pre-romantic comedy stuff, which is like mostly lawyer films, like a, like a, a Time to Kill, um, The Amistad. You know, he was in Contact. He was in some uh, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So he's trying to find his footing, and then he eventually found it in like The Wedding Planner, and. Um, failure to launch or how to lose a guy in 10 days but he's someone who did he he actually did stamp his foot down and say like i'm not taking any more rom-com roles which is why we have the reconnaissance so uh, or had it um but you're right that he he continues to take roles that don't fall into that uh line of uh you know that rom-com bit but 
while we're on the topic of rom-coms, have you seen any of his rom-com movies? Yeah, so this is where I have to come clean for everyone listening, and you're going to continue to realize this throughout the episode, is I have not seen, like, any Matthew McConaughey movies besides, like, the core reconnaissance stuff. And, like, the stuff that you know, like, We Are Marshall, uh, Tropic Thunder. But I, um, yeah, uh, I've not seen any of them. I do want to see How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I think that's the ideal one. And then the rest are, like, kind of knockoffs. Failure to Launch seems really funny. So, like, I watched a bunch of trailers in the and prepping for this, but I did not watch the movies. <laughs> so, I've not done my homework. <laughs> Rip. Well, I mean, How, how to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is, uh, is a, a very funny um, I think that is his peak rom-com, uh, it, yeah, movie from his rom-com days. And one of the lowest is Fool's Gold, um, where he's with Kate Hudson again. And that movie is just, it, they go from having so much chemistry in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days to, like, not at all. It's just so weird how, uh, different directors can handle, uh, the same actors and not get the same emotion. Or, or, uh... You know, just uh, same reaction from an audience member, but, um, but Joe, since we're talking about, uh, like what I guess, out of the movies you have seen, let list some of the movies you have seen for the listeners. Um, like the first exposure to him, I think I had was We Are Marshall, which is the football movie where like, all the starters I think die in a plane crash, and then yeah. he has to rally the team. So it was his first breakthrough as like something else you know it's like kind of a wolf in sheep's clothing thing that actors do where like you have ben stiller in a national or what is it night of the museum nick cage and national Show. like these actors who have been doing like some way crazier movies are suddenly in a sort of family fun flick <laughs> like if i was to go into matthew mcconaughey's catalog at the time of we are marshall i would have been scandalized as a kid i mean texas chainsaw mastery plays an insane person i think he's one of the victims or something and so it's just like, wow, like that was my first exposure. Um, followed by, uh, I've seen Tropic Thunder where he's like, I got your T-Bone! You know, like, <laughs> Greatest cinematic lines for 100, Alex. Um, and and that was, that was, that's another one where he is not like an essential, he's not a big deal in that movie. I mean, Tom Cruise was in it, Robert Downey Jr., a bunch of other people. He was not the central character. Um, so he's kind of like a, a joke in that movie. And then I've seen Interstellar, of course. That was when I really started getting into his stuff because he's pretty good at that. Um, I've seen Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I actually watched the edited version of Wolf of Wall Street without knowing it. I pirated it as a kid, as a kid in high school. And there was 30 minutes missing from the film. And I didn't realize that there was no nudity in my version of it. And I was happy to learn that. But I was amazed that there were 30 minutes of content they cut out. Uh, for this edited pirated version. So shout out to whoever pirated a cleaned up version of that movie. But I've seen the chest thumping. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, I'm getting to the end here. Uh, Dallas Fires Club, Mud, The Gentleman, True Detective. I've seen those. Um, I have not seen any other Matthew McConaughey movies that I can think of, and that is pathetic, but that's the deal. I mean, I just love True Detective. <laughs> so what is your favorite role of his uh, or favorite like yeah where do you think he has acted the best and uh i guess what what is your favorite movie that he's that he is in not necessarily I, that he's the like the lead but um like tropic thunder but i guess yeah, where is got, his presence best i gotta i gotta take true detective out of the pile here because that's obviously my vice um 
I think Mud is fantastic, and that's also where like you get the lovable rogue. Like he's this he's an actual bum. He's a piece of crap in that movie, but he's also like uh, there's there's you're kind of rooting for him in it, but you ultimately realize that he's not that great of a guy. Um, and I just like seeing Hollywood people do stuff like that, like lower themselves, I guess. Because sometimes you watch like uh, you watch like a Transformers movies with Mark Wahlberg in them, and and like everyone's wearing makeup, like loads of makeup during explosion scenes and it just it doesn't look real whereas like Matthew McConaughey covered in mud like in the movie mud like I can believe that you know I've lived that right <laughs> so <laughs> he, he seems one of your you know like a, a river folk that uh you seem to like and uh Joe is from the great state of Ohio uh for the people out there and loves the river so <laughs> I think mud yeah. is right up your alley <laughs> Yeah, so Mud's the favorite. Um, Dallas Fires Club is phenomenal. Uh, also a movie where like he really tortured himself and became something different, which is really cool. Um, I have not seen Magic Mike, but I think he's the villain in that, and I think that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> not only that, in like Killer Joe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Oh, yeah, Killer Joe, yeah. But, um, so. yeah, so I guess... Yeah, you brought up earlier, which is a point that I that I find fascinating about Matthew McConaughey. Um, you know, he's been in a lot of he's been in some terrible movies, which I will get into a little bit. But one of the movies I have listed as like the worst movies I've seen that he's in is called Ghost of Girlfriends Past, which is one of the last rom coms I would say that he did. But the thing is, even though the movie is terrible. He's he's charismatic in it, and he, it's watchable enough because he, um, he, he just comes across even though he's slimy in that movie. He's he's watchable, you know. He's kind of like one of the last movie stars of our of Hollywood. So, if you, can you explain to the good people out there why do you think that is? Why do you think I had an experience like that where? You know, like, Ghost of Girlfriends past shitty movie. Oh, sorry, crappy movie. But um, but Matthew McConaughey is good in it, and that I could watch it. Yeah, I, I've noticed, just going through all these movies, it seems that people are trying to make Matthew McConaughey movies. Because, you know, you'll hear about, like, a, cra- a classic film, and they'll be like, yeah, this part was, like, written for this guy, and, like, director specifically wanted him to be in it. You're like, wow, that's so cool. Like, that's genius. But then when you see it done poorly, like where you write a, a really bad rom-com script where you're like, I wrote this for Matthew McConaughey. Well, it's still a bad movie. You just have a good actor in it. Um, and he seems to be getting roles uh, where they have made the movie around him rather than, uh, you know, something that's more, uh, it's just like a good script, you know? He doesn't get some great scripts, but they're written for Matthew McConaughey instead of just to be a good movie, which I think is why they fail. Because you can't you can't expect the actors to carry the movie for you all the time, right? Yeah, like uh, I I I bet that Christopher Nolan didn't have Matthew McConaughey in mind when he was writing Interstellar, um, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I I haven't done much research into that movie, but um, you you mentioned Interstellar as one of your favorites. Um, why is that? Uh, yeah. Um... I thought the concept of time was really cool. I had since learned that there's this creepy plot line that they don't, they kind of gloss over, but Anne Hathaway 
as part of the crew, and her character is brutally there to be fertilized. Like she's a, she's they're using her to like reproduce, and that wasn't made clear. So that's kind of creepy. Um, uh, but other than that, like I was you know other than that weird detail, uh, he it's a really interesting movie. Uh, definitely uh, some Christopher Nolan magic going on, some confusing stuff going on there. Um, but it was really, I don't know, there was something really cool about it. Uh, the soundtrack is fantastic. And there's, um, I don't know, when you watch it, it's an epic movie. Like, there's a there's a sense of scale to it that, uh, you know, it's a movie in space. So I think that's part of it. But it was just, it was just wild to watch. Um, and I, I would totally see it again, even though I know now that the, the, there's a plot line that's very strange and misogynistic. But... It is what it is, baby. It's Christopher Nolan. <laughs> well, I mean, what I like about that movie, or at least when I first saw it, um, I honestly saw it before I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey. So um, when I when I watched 2001 later, you know, there's that whole part where Matthew McConaughey, spoiler alert, where he's like sort of in the bookcase, like lost in time. Like, yeah. you don't really know where he is, but he's... Uh, sort of time traveling back to see his daughter Murph save me Murph um that whole scene is eerily reminiscent to uh, <laughs> um yeah eerily is maybe a, an understatement to uh the the fourth or third act of uh 2001 a space odyssey but it it is definitely a mo- it's more of a movie uh, than 2001 I'll I'll do because that one is a, a thinker. I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen it. I think I've seen parts of it. Um, and yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a tough one to digest. Uh, people have made comments to me since I started posting about Matthew McConaughey all the time that they think I go around the library whispering Murph. Like the watch or something is moving. It just. <laughs> Yeah. Why is he doing that? <laughs> I'm trying to talk to my, my younger brother or something. Uh, the movie, I, my favorite scene in the movie, of course, is him crying uh, when he finds out. He's watching the footage of his family. Uh, they've been gone. They like they went to a planet to explore it, and like they were they missed decades of time. And so now he's watching all these video messages that have been sent by his kids, and he's literally seeing them age like really quickly uh, to the point where they're like, I, we don't know if we're going to send you any more messages because you haven't responded. And for him, it's only been like a day has passed for him personally. Uh, so that's a, the concept of time in that movie is fascinating. And seeing him like cry over the realization that he's missed so much time with his family, it's kind of tough, you know. Yeah. Casey Affleck's face just sends him into tears. <laughs> it sends all of us into tears. <laughs> Maybe for good or bad reasons, I don't know yet, but... <laughs> um... I don't if you've seen Manchester United. Uh, wait, no, I almost said Manchester United instead of Manchester by the Sea. But <laughs> no, I didn't see that though. I thought it would be really funny, and this is probably just me. If someone edited a clip from that into the Interstellar scene, so it looks like Matthew McConaughey's watching Manchester, uh, and just starts crying. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's me. <laughs> well, now you brought up um, like during the, uh, previously the uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which is the movie he won an oscar for can you tell us a little bit about that and what um and, and about his performance in that movie yeah so again matthew mcconaughey apologist here so people are probably wondering okay he's just a 
a stoner dude who's hot and you know like okay he's big hollywood movie star big deal dallas fires club is interesting because he starved himself to like almost nothing like he's so skinny because he's playing a, a man who con- contracts aids uh like a rodeo cowboy who gets aids and it's about him like finding a way to get the drugs he needs and then he's he partners up with Jared Leto, who's playing a, a transgender woman, um, I think. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's a dark, uh, tough-to-watch movie. And obviously, he got an Oscar because he starved himself. Um, I'm, I think there is, like, a little bit of, like, you know, like, you're wondering, like, what, did Leo only get, like, the Revenant Oscar because he had a bear attack him or whatever it was? Like, no, that he like, ate a real liver? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 and are people performatively torturing themselves to earn Oscars? That's a possibility. But Dallas Buyers Club is great because, again, with this handsome man uh, destroyed that image of that handsome Hollywood icon for this movie. And I, I love that. You know, Give me more of that. Also, there's a great crying scene in Dallas Buyers Club. There are three great crying scenes in the reconnaissance, And they're in Dallas Buyers Club, Interstellar, and uh, True Detective. So you should watch all three of those. <laughs> if you want to feel something now what are some movies um that are that that you want to see that you haven't gotten a chance to see him oh in my yet? gosh uh reign of fire he plays this like shaved head mustachioed viking dude who fights dragons i heard it's a terrible movie but i need to see that i want to see matthew mcconaughey fight a dragon um <laughs> uh ed tv is his first appearance with woody harrelson um, in the 90s, it's kind of like a uh, Truman Show, but they follow someone around in the real world with cameras. And it's Matthew McConaughey is the guy, Ed, that they follow. And I guess they, the show is going to fail, and then like his girlfriend cheats on him or something, and they catch it all on camera. So then they keep filming his life, and like it's awful, you know? <laughs> it's very like TMZ. So it's like TMZ following Matthew McConaughey around a bunch. But Woody Harrelson and him together before they were in True Detective. That's cool. And then I haven't seen Days and Confused. I've seen the spiritual successor to it. Um, everybody wants some. So I need to see Days and Confused. Uh, and I, I know that that's the thing I really want to emphasize, too, is Matthew McConaughey in that film was just an extra. And then they like he was just there and they gave him a small part. And then he was so good on camera, they kept giving him more lines and made him bigger and bigger in the movie. Um, and he had no I don't think he had plans to be an actor. Uh, I, I knew his, he has a bi- autobiography out called Green Lights that I need to get. Um, but he reads the book to you if you get the audiobook. So I'm going to get that, of course, because I'm obsessed. But he, he wasn't meant to be an actor. Like, he wasn't intending to do that. He wanted to be a writer, I think, like a screenwriter. And uh-huh. then he was getting so many, like, green lights. Like, he was getting so many good things were coming to him, like Days of Confused. Uh, he was, you know, he was just so much success was coming his way so early that he left. He did, like, a trip somewhere. And just forced himself to live somewhere for a year without any of that Hollywood stuff. And then he came back, and we have a bunch of rom-coms and return to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, and here we are. Right. You know, I was just looking up about, um, you know, Matthew McConaughey is one of the like the few actors that I can think of that hasn't been in a Marvel movie yet <laughs> or, uh, or DC. But apparently he lobbied to try to get the part of bruce banner um back in like the late uh you know back in like 2007 2008 whenever the incredible hulk came out 
So we could have had Matthew McConaughey as <laughs> Bruce Banner or the Hulk, potentially. But if uh, he... that would have been awful. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. They had Ed... Edward Norton was in that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they, that's weird that they were looking for that kind of type of guy. Like, that's not who I see Bruce Banner. Mark Ruffalo looks like a Bruce Banner. He's got a square face. I, I, I Matthew McConaughey would not have worked as that. And it would have meant no McConaughey if he'd done that, if he'd gotten that role. So thank goodness. It's true. I guess so. It, it, you know, it, it just would have been interesting. But if he were to play some Marvel or superhero character, who would you pick? I don't know. Uh, I think he could have been interesting as like Doctor Strange. Um, obviously, Benedict Cumberbatch is like the perfect person for that role for what Marvel wanted it to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know if his style works. I think casting him in one of those movies is kind of like when they had, isn't it George Clooney as Batman? Yeah. Like, Batman you're more, right. Are you watching it for Batman or George Clooney? You know, like Christian Bale worked as Batman because, I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone was watching it just because it was Christian Bale. I think they wanted Batman. So I think if he was cast now, it would definitely be just a Matthew McConaughey movie. The Dark Tower was a great experiment with that where he played the villain in that movie. It was a horrible movie I heard. Um, but it was like, that's Matthew McConaughey. Like, you're not going to tell me that's any other character than Matthew McConaughey. Like, cause they didn't do anything to mess with his look. I think he just was himself. So he's kind of like Brad Pitt and, uh, maybe Brad Pitt is another good example. Like him and Brad Pitt, Ryan Reynolds, like they often are cast in roles where it's really hard to tell if they're just playing themselves or, uh, the character, and I think that's the problem with superhero stuff is they're often very clean cut. So like he needs some weird facial hair, you know. They'd have to do something to him like they did the for Thor, I think, mm. for him to really work. Get get a beard and long hair on him, and then we'll talk. Although I mean, I guess to counterbalance that or to counteract that, um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is essentially Tony Stark, or or it seems that way. That's his public persona is how it just seems like he's the bad boy and fit pretty nicely into the into the Iron Man role. But I, I agree with you that I think Matthew McConaughey in the Marvelverse would have been pretty weird. But if he were to be one, I think he, he probably would have been a villain. But I think that's probably why he did Dark Tower, which is I, I've also heard is not good. But I, I haven't seen that. And that's also a movie that sort of killed the McConaughey's. Um, which I, I, I would figure the last one, it, it, the movie that maybe definitely killed it is one called the sea of trees where he's in Japan. Um, and it's all about something to do with like a suicide forest. It's just, it seemed very weird. It was going for Oscars, but I think it got a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, yeah, that kept popping up in my Netflix when I had Netflix and like, I kept being tempted to see it. It's Matthew McConaughey with glasses. And then I was like, eh, do I want Matthew McConaughey with glasses? Eh, I don't really care. So I didn't watch it. So is Matthew McConaughey a good actor? Because you were talking about how, you know, it, people, it's hard for someone like Brad Pitt or some, you know, a, another actor you said, you Brad liked Matthew McConaughey in that, where... You know, you just see him on screen, you know, kind of like Sean Connery refusing to do a Russian accent in The Hunt for Red October. You're just like, well, it's Sean Connery. I don't know. It's just, 
It's just them. That's a narrative performance. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Humphrey Bogart. He's going to act the same in, in most movies. You just know that. So what about Matthew McConaughey is, makes him a good actor? And I think makes yeah, him stand good out. actors. Um, you look at Brad Pitt, Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Ryan Reynolds, like I mentioned, they are being themselves on screen, I think, but they know how to turn the the settings up on certain personality traits and turn others down. Like in True Detective, he and Woody Harrelson, and Woody Harrelson needs to get more credit for his performance in that because I think it's all about Matthew McConaughey when people talk about it, but Woody Harrelson gives a great performance too. They have to play five different characters in in one show, uh, in a eight hour show, because they there's three different time periods that they cover in the show, and then two of those time periods, the characters are basically living double lives. Um, like Matthew McConaughey in the present is an alcoholic, but he's also actually still investigating these uh, disappearing kids. So it's like, wow, there's there's two guys there. You know, he's the bum alcoholic that he. Gives the detective when they're being interviewed. He's interviewed by current day police, and he portrays himself as like an alcoholic. Um, doesn't really have much to say to him except that life is terrible. And then on the secret, he has like a warehouse where he's searching for. He has a, a storage unit where he's like investigating in detail all these disappearing kids. So a true detective, man. Like he, he, the detectives live these double lives, and it's fascinating. Um, and so seeing him play like that range, five different versions of the same person, you know, multiple double lives. Uh, there's that middle point where um, he and Woody are at odds and they end up having like a fight. And it's fascinating. Uh, and I think that shows a really good, really good skill that you can make convince me each of those characters are the same person, but in distinct time periods of their life. That's really good. Uh, I kind of rambled there. Uh, I'm trying to think of other examples of it. Um, I can't, <laughs> I can't think of right away. Um, I think some of the other movies he's done, maybe there's more one note. Like obviously Wolf of Wall Street, he just plays a coked out lawyer dude. Um, the Beach Bum, I love the concept of where he plays this fat, hairy, drug, druggy bum. Um, that's him clearly going all the way with the, I'm going to ruin my hot guy in Hollywood image. Um, I don't know if that's him acting or him just cutting loose, but I, I appreciate it. I respect it. Right. Now, um, you know, you bring up Beach Bum, the other movie that um, sort of stereotypical Matthew McConaughey at one point of his career is the, the stoner, all right, all right, all right guy. Um, yeah, the worst movie I think I've seen him in is Surfer Dude. So if you ever come across that, it's just, it it is not good at all i don't know it just it doesn't feel like a movie and from what i remember i think the plot is matthew mcconaughey is a surfer and they're trying to make a video game after him but for some reason there is there are no more waves in the ocean so he has sort of an existential crisis and then woody harrell not woody harrelson uh willie nelson shows up at one point with goats something to do with goats (laughs) as some symbolism it's just so weird and uh the other worst movie i'd say he he was in is um is this movie called tiptoes where i feel like this this movie was supposed to be funny at first but then they cut it to be dramatic where 
Matthew McConaughey is related to, he's like the son of two uh, little people, and he has a little person, brother, played by uh, Gary Oldman, and he's ashamed to be uh, related to them, and also he's he has a pregnant girlfriend and he's worried that that person that that they'll also be a little person too it's just so bizarre and i'm like why does this movie exist i was reading the other day or at least i saw the other day that um that there is a chance that matthew mcconaughey might run for governor of texas <laughs> and being a, a, a obsessed with matthew mcconaughey i want to just gauge your opinion and feeling about that yeah this is the worst thing to happen to mcconaughey fans everywhere is for him to jump the shark like this because there's a good chance he won't win this election if he pursues it and his platform is you know it's kind of fantastic it's just like everyone be chill and normal um but the problem with that is that you don't win elections by being chill and normal you have to be extreme so the two outcomes i see are Matthew McConaughey gets a bunch of dark money funneled into his campaign and accidentally becomes the mouthpiece for values he doesn't actually want. Um, or uh, he loses. And then I don't know how he comes back from losing an election in Texas. Like, he's the minister of culture. I think it would be very detrimental to his career if he loses, but I could be wrong. I mean, actors get jobs, and they get if they get cast in a good movie, their career bounces back. So what do I know? Right. You know, this could be the... The new McConaughey, you know, it, we've had at least, uh, I guess, two presidents who have been in the Screen Actors Guild um, with uh, Ronnie Reagan and uh, and Trump. You know, it could be uh, oh, wow. a potential third, right? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd be so funny if you were ever president. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, like, I mean, the other people that have done this kind of thing, like Al Franken was a senator, Right. Right. Uh, Schwart Arnold was a governor of California. Mm -hmm. Um, it's wild. Uh, Jesse the Mind I, Ventura also a governor of I think Minnesota. Um, and he was wow. mostly a wrestler, and also you know him in Predator. He's one of the yeah, he's in Predator and some other action movies. But um, yeah, Matthew McConaughey could potentially be in that line of uh actors transitioning into political life and that would be weird <laughs> but, yeah um, i i think it's not it means the fun's over because he's gonna have to be serious now uh and that's just not something i'm looking for yeah. that is not all right all right all right that's more like <laughs> please vote for me please vote for me please vote for me and it's like i, I can't man like it's just not gonna work for me i don't know i'd vote for him probably you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would. I would vote for him. If I was in Texas, I'd, I'd vote for him. Or if he ran for president. It's funny, though, because, uh, I mean, he is going to... If Him doing this does make him part of a larger trend of celebrities like Kanye West and The Rock has entertained... My voice cracked there. The Rock has entertained uh, running. Uh, people have joked about Oprah. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen to politics? I think a bunch of YouTubers slash like social media stars are going to start running for office soon. And like when Jake and Logan Paul are like governors of states, you know, governor of Ohio or whatever, that's when we're going to know we've entered the new era <laughs> of whatever, whatever we call it. You know? <laughs> American decadence. 
Oh, gosh. But, you know, it, it will literally be idiocracy, although people will say that's already, uh, that already happened. Uh, yeah. It was already happening the past four years. But, yeah, I guess I just want to, uh, I guess, wrap this up a little bit. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that my introduction to Matthew McConaughey, whether I was conscious of it or not at the time, was, um, was Angels in the Outfield. He plays a center fielder in that movie. Um, and that movie's famous for having, like, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a kid, isn't it? Danny Glover, um, Christopher Lloyd, and future Oscar winners like, uh, like, Adrian Brody has a bit part. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey, Oscar winner, uh, relatively small that's role. Wild. But I think there was someone else who won an Oscar that's also in it. Um, but, yeah, it's just, that's a that's a funny little movie. But it's not necessarily a Matthew McConaughey movie, but he's just, he happens to be in it. But anyway, uh, just to wrap it up, uh, just uh, if you want to give us your top three Matthew McConaughey movies, because uh, I know True Detective is probably your favorite thing that he's in, but what are the that's top right. three movies that you'd recommend people watch today? If people, yeah, um, uh, I'm going to do three with an honorable mention. Uh, so Daisy Confused, obviously. Uh, you want to see Dallas Buyers Club. You're going to want to see Mud. I think that'll give you his range uh, for dramatic acting. And then The Gentleman uh, is actually was really good. Uh, I liked it. Um, and I may be in the minority there uh, for some people, but I don't know. It, I think it got pretty good reviews. Um, but he plays a character in that that also pushes him to have range. He has to uh, be very dynamic and zany, I guess you would say. It's kind of a action uh, heist movie, I think. Um, so it's really cool uh, to see Matthew McConaughey back in the saddle in a current uh, movie. Because I mean, a gentleman came out like last year. So that's another one. But mainly, uh, Days of Confused, Dallas Fires Club, Mud. That's what you got to see. You can skip Interstellar if you want to. You know, anyone could have been in that role. He does it pretty well. Um, but those three, uh, those are the, the the hairy, the dirty, the skinny Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> and with that, Joe, I, I'd like to thank you for uh, swinging by today uh, to talk it's about good to be here. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> it's good to be here. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, for all you listeners or, or listener, I have to name drop Scott because I have to do it in every episode. Um, Hi, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I just want to thank you for listening this far and, uh, hope you listen to our next episode. Please smash that like button, please. And, um, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, just peace and love. All right.